Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hello, and welcome to Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff, your podcast where we answer listener questions. That's what we do every week. No, that's this week. This week. New year, new format for one day. That's Sophie. Hi. Hi, Sophie. How are you? Hi, Magpie. <laughs> Sophie's the producer. Kind that's of me. like the producers, the um, the play. Oh. Uh, I think I've already made this joke, actually, on this show. It's okay. So, it's, an, it's a new year. It doesn't count. Oh, yeah. You can recycle right. can... all your material from last year. <laughs> Yay! Okay, so what we're going to do today, because today's a half week, because there was a holiday that you might have heard about called the 12 Days of Christmas, or whatever the fuck. I don't know. New Year's Day. There's still a holiday. New Year's Day. Yeah, that's it. Today, we're going to be answering your questions. The star of the show is you, dear listener. At least those of you who sent us Twitter and Instagram questions in the past 24 hours. Well, our past 24 hours yeah. were 48 hours ago to 24 hours ago. Time is time is not real. It is not real, as evidenced by the fact that 2020 is currently three years long. <laughs> it certainly is, Parker. It certainly is. I get so confused. People are like, oh, yeah, but during the pandemic. And I'm like, What? <laughs> We're still in the fucking pandemic. We are. We are. <laughs> we, we were never not in the pandemic. We were, We've always been in the pandemic. We certainly are. Oh. The before times are an illusion. Well, Margaret, let's get this out of the way. Oh, okay. What, mm-hmm. what for you defines a cool person, Margaret Kiljoy? Ah, uh, I would say someone who fights against bad stuff, even if they do it imperfectly. That's how I pick my guests. Not my guests. Well, that too. Some level. So I pick my subjects as people who fight against the bad things in the best way that they that they can. And I guess I would also say that it's like someone who does what's right rather than what's safe. I think that's like the kind of thing that we can all on some level aspire to, which doesn't mean that danger for the sake of danger is what's right, but that we should actually act to stop bad things because there's bad things. I don't know if you knew about that. Oh, Sophie. No, never heard of that. All sunshine and snowflake. 
Yeah. Snowflakes, yeah. like snow, because snow's nice. It wasn't a reference to the stupid. <laughs> not everything's culture war, Sophie. Oh, not everything's culture war, and then you name me, you go, Sophie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what that is, because I don't know what a bad thing is, so. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right, Magpie. Let's start with a, a fun one. Somebody says, my breakfast lately has been a whole potato with salt, pro or against. And I mean, I know how you're going to answer this. There's only one right answer to this. Yes, obviously pro. I mean, obviously, it is a fair amount of work. I guess if you're like microwaving it, it's a little bit faster. But like a whole potato, start the day off right. Let's season that shit. Yeah, maybe get some protein in there somehow. Yeah. But, I don't know. Don't stress about it. Potato's perfect. Nothing wrong with it. If you could interview any of the cool people you've talked about so far, who would it be? I think I would interview Louise Michelle. I'm, like, surprised you didn't say Emma Goldman. I know. Okay, so, like, I would have thought Emma Goldman, but Emma Goldman, I feel like I, like, understand a little bit more. Maybe because it's, like, that's who everyone I know talks about. Emma right. Goldman you know, did all this for people who missed these episodes. Emma Goldman was a early 20th century, late 19th century um, anarchist orator who did all kinds of amazing stuff like fight for birth control and travel around the world and do all this amazing stuff. Um, but Louise Michelle was a kind of a little bit her predecessor, this like people called her like sort of the anarchist nun of the Paris Commune and the time after the Paris Commune. And, and I just feel like she would have like so much more to say about the part of history that I don't understand as much about like this like this formation of all of these leftist ideologies that later end up impacting the 20th century so dramatically. And also, I just want to know whether she was gay or ace. Like, she was either gay or ace, and either way, that's fucking cool with me. But I just, like, want to know. I want to know which. That's fair. For me, for me, mm -hmm. it yeah. would be the fucking Baba Yaga. <laughs> yeah! I don't know what you're thinking. Uh, how does that math add up? It doesn't, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be the last interview you ever do, unless you get it just right. Unless you get it just right. <laughs> I just think the supernatural of it all would be so fun. Yeah. Oh, this is a great question. Uh, Margaret, what authors inspired you to start writing yourself? Okay, so there's like two things that inspire me to write. One is whenever I read really shitty books published by mainstream presses, and I'm like, oh, I could do better than that, right? Um, like, do you ever have that? You like listen to, I don't know, for you, maybe be like, you listen to a podcast and you're like, well, I, I could do better than that. Oh, um, oh, yes. And oh. then also, for me, it's like, whenever I like read fantasy books as a kid, I was like, I will write these. I will write stories. I will do these things. I can't, I, I like struggle to engage in a media and then not want to make that media myself. So there's less specifically, but I guess if I were to say who, who influenced me the most as a, as a young kid and therefore sort of set me off to go be a writer, I would say Tamora Pierce would be like number one. And then, uh, and then throughout middle school, it probably would have been Tolkien and Heinlein just like, complicated feels on the Heinlein one, but whatever. He's an yeah. interesting writer, and I read way too much of him as a teenager. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have that with, in terms of, like, podcasting, where it's, like, mm -hmm. you see somebody cover a story, and you're, like, but you missed this, 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 and this aspect of it. Like, what if you did a total 360 of that story and actually got... It's, it's, it's in, the, in terms of that, for sure. I, I, see, yeah. I see what you're saying. Wait, I have a question for you, Sophie. Shut up. What is it? 
I want to hear more about Sophie's story. What about Sophie's story? I, are we doing a Sophie's Choice reference? Is it happening? Oh, I don't know what I don't know what Sophie's Choice is. Oh my god, that's so <laughs> cool! Oh my god, that's great. Okay, cool. I've got that joke my entire life, and I'm not going to explain great. it, and you'll nope. never know. Because <laughs> in my mind, this is the opposite of Sophie's Choice. This is my choice. I'm asking the question now. Hey, what's your question? What do you want to know, Margaret? Well, the question that someone asked is, I oh. want to hear more about Sophie's story. But I guess it's like the question of, I think a lot of people are curious about Cool Zone Media and about how it kind of like came to be and like oh, yeah. sort of what your engagement is as podcast mom to all of these amazing shows is. And like, I don't know how it feels to be podcast mom. So Jack O'Brien of the Daily Zeitgeist stole me. I was working uh, I was working in the tech industry, very unhappy working in the tech industry, but the tech company that I worked for like bought a podcast company and there some weird connection that brought Jack O'Brien over. And then Jack and I, like I was assigned to like help him uh, with like his health insurance stuff, which is okay. very, this is very <laughs> weird. And then Jack and I got along so well that he stole me and brought me over to the podcast side of things. Cool. And then I started, I was just supposed to like project manage stuff. And then immediately like two weeks in, I was like producing shows. And then this person was pitching a podcast while running through a wind tunnel about how, uh, <laughs> um, and like, and like heavy breathing, like yelling <laughs> about how they thought it would be cool to do a story about bad people, a podcast about mm-hmm. bad people and like how it's super interesting and I was like, mm, that's my guy. And that's how Robert and I got matched up because Robert okay. was like on the phone pitching behind the bastards. And I was like, I like that. And then I got to, and then Robert and I started working together and we did a bunch of different shows and partnered on a bunch of different projects. And then we decided to make Cool Zone Media. And I guess if we're doing weird titles, my mm-hmm. title's head of creative, but I basically manage all logistics that go into Cool Zone Media and am our middle person between us and iHeartRadio. I executive manage produce every single one of our shows. I work with each each talent, uh, mm-hmm. each host, each writer, each researcher. And like we decide most of our stuff like decision by committee style on like what we want to do and who we want to work with. Um, so it's not... <laughs> Definitely not like like a, uh, well, I like this type environment, but we create shows together and work with people like Margaret and make yeah. cool things. Does that answer the question? Yeah, I think so. It, it, it also makes me feel better about the time I pitched you a show by voice memo at seven in the morning, my time. I liked so four that in the morning, pitch. your time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh. I think after we should one still hour of do sleep, it. it still might happen. And we're not going to tell you what it is, dear yeah. listener. Dear listener, you don't get to know, but just so you know, not the weirdest way I've received a pitch and not the weirdest yeah. pitch I've received. So, yeah. <laughs> I do a lot of my thinking while driving or walking. And yeah. so, yeah, left yeah. long voice memos. No, very I, detailed. I, voice memos are my <laughs> preferred method of, of receiving information. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm on board. Uh, let's see. Um, let, let's stick, let's stick on that for a second because I feel like mm-hmm. you, you get this question a lot, Margaret. And I, and mm-hmm. I, 
Like somebody asked, I think I understand the personal compromise of working for iHeartMedia, but do you feel, how do you feel about it personally? Um, this is a question that all of us get asked quite often, but I don't think you've ever answered it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I now freelance for the largest, I don't know if this is actually true, seems like the largest media conglomerate in world history or something. Uh, or least, I don't know about that, but it is the number, it's the number one podcast. It like has the number one uh, podcast reach in the world. Okay. And so I work for this giant corporation and 20 year old me would be like pretty upset that I do this, but I had been at radical politics for one year when I was 20 years old. And now I've been at it for 21 years. And I think I have a better handle on like my own understanding of the world and, and how to engage in it as uh, you know, someone who's, an anarchist or politically radical or, or whatever. And so for me, some of the things are that romanticizing poverty and obscurity was like a losing move that was way too prevalent in the scenes that I was part of in the early aughts. And I don't think it's bad to romanticize the stuff that you have to deal with when you have no money or when you like, it's okay to be like, okay, I'm going to find beauty in this thing that I'm, I'm struggling with, right? But to do it for its own sake is, is nonsensical. And then in terms of, working for a corporation where our our aims are at odds with each other, that's going to happen. That is going to happen in order to have as, as broad of an influence on culture as we possibly can. And if we can do it without watering down our message, we should. And I think that that's actually something that I'm very grateful for Cool Zone Media to have done is lay the the groundwork for how I could... At no point has anyone been like, oh, you shouldn't cover that. Or For sure. don't talk about things this way. You know, the only decisions that we we make is how to talk about things in order to be understood by as many people as possible. Because that is my goal: is to be understood by as many people as possible. So it's complicated, but it's not that complicated. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't keep me up at night. And when Robert and I started off with with our shows, we were we were How Stuff Works. We were a company called How Stuff Works, which is like a a small podcast company out of out of uh, Atlanta, and that got bought by iHeartRadio. And yeah. essentially, that team became the podcast department. And so the people that we work with are very much creative and like. And and at least the people that I interact with are 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 not <laughs> what I th when you yeah. think of like when you think of like corporate people they're definitely or like or like people that are people that like we would not want to get a drink with or anything of that nature those are not the people that like we interact with and I very much have had creative autonomy to put out the content we want to do I've never actually had a had somebody say you can't talk about that in any of my shows. Even behind the bastards, you can't talk about that. Or, um, hey, maybe don't mention that person or any type of like censorship, which yeah. is, which is interesting. Um, and like, yeah, the ad stuff fucking sucks. The ad stuff yeah. fucking sucks. And like, there is totally a, you know, there's a huge weight of of being attached to this, to this thing. But yeah, whenever I, I like, Cool Zone Media is so different. We run. We run our team so differently than like anyone else that it's just, yeah, you would think you would think it would impact us more than it does. 
if that makes sense. And I wholeheartedly agree with your answer. I think about, um, I really like the show Andor. Uh-huh. And Garrison I, loves Andor. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so good. And one of the things that came up is, you know, people are like, well, how did Disney, this not particularly traditionally far-left organization or whatever, put out this, like, clearly revolutionary show, right? That clearly the writers have more knowledge and uh, care for revolutionary movements than the way that revolution is usually depicted in uh, mainstream media. And so people are like, wow, Disney made this. As if, like, Disney, the company, was like, what are we trying to say? And the thing that I've, like, come to realize as I work in media is that writers and creators work within these infrastructures and make what they can within those infrastructures. And so I I feel less like it was like Disney being like, this is what we want to say, as much as creators who are like, this is what we want to say, will Disney let us get away with it? And in this case, the answer was yes. This is not always the case, but it's not. I think people have this like conception of like monolithic control of corporations and things like that. And, um, And I think that the corporations want to, us to believe that as well, but it's not, it's not always the case. I don't have any insider information about Andor or whatever. That's just my like gut yeah. feeling. And I, and like Robert and I talk about this all the time. It's so cool that we're able to like pay our friends. Yeah. And like, yeah. and like, and like talk about shit that actually fucking matters. And like, if somebody was telling us like we couldn't talk about the shit that we didn't matter and we weren't able to like equitably pay our people and, uh, you know, continuously be able to like bring on people like margaret and uh like pay our guests and things like that you know there would be a different conversation happening here like where we would that that would not be the case but thus far we haven't run into that type of a situation on another note um Mm -hmm. what kind of bear is the best well the best bear is a black bear wrong because okay well hear me out okay it's like a murder raccoon. Oh, well, you know. Or at least a wrong. raccoon with the potential for murder. You're not wrong. I would say the red panda because that okay. looks like it. That's what my dog looks like. Oh, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Um, speaking of good points, it's time for our capitalism break. Capitalism? That's the thing that's destroying the planet. You can participate. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of 
degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we are back. I like that. That was a good one. <laughs> Thanks. Um, okay, Margaret, I'm going to find you a, a, a solid question. Oh, this is a good one. Uh-huh. This is okay. a very good question. Okay. If you could pick one cool person to have a movie or a show made of their exploits, which would you choose and why? I would pick Sophie Lyons, the least political person that we've had on this show, <laughs> because I like heist movies, and she was oh, the, yeah. the queen of the underworld of 19th century America. She just robbed a lot of banks, so she's cool. I would totally watch the shit out of a movie about Sophie Lyons. Also, a ton of these people also have movies about them. Like, even when you're like... Yeah. There's so um, many. Even um, the things that are like, seem kind of more obscure. Okay, what would you pick? Um, I'm still, I'm, I still just really want more Baba Yaga. I really want more yeah. Baba Yaga. Like, I feel yeah. like, I feel like there's been stuff done, but I feel like they haven't really like, like what, like, like when we were talking about it earlier, we're like, we're, I think we, they could, I just think it could be done better. And I think it could be done yeah. properly. And I, and I, yeah, God, just got to get on the horn with that. Yeah. That Disney. I know. <laughs> I know. This whole, actually the, the entire Subtext, Sophie and I were like, all right, we're going to use this episode to pivot the pitch <laughs> to convince to get hired by Disney. Yeah, and that's essentially it. Listening. And I totally um, didn't talk literal shit on Walt Disney and his Nazi ties Walt. in the previous episode. Um, Purely. I'm like, I'm like, while we're on it, fuck that guy. Uh, yeah. What eras of history's cool people slash cool stuff deserve wider attention than they've generally received? Oh yeah, this is I I I'm reading what you wrote here, and that is the perfect answer. <laughs> yeah, so so to show people how the sausage is made with this episode, we we compiled all the questions into a list, and then I like wrote some of my notes on some of them. But now actually, I'm almost like worse at answering off the top of my head the ones that I wrote notes for because I don't know where in the document we are. I would say <laughs> that the 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 people who weren't the royalty of every period ever. Like, it's so easy to find the fucking books about the presidents and the princes and shit like that. And it's just so much harder to find information about everyone else. And I don't know about you, Sophie, but I am not currently a monarch. I don't know if that's true, Margaret. No. Well, thanks. What am I queen Um. of? (laughs) <laughs> what are you queen of what are you queen of oh my god how do we even answer that uh you're the queen of cool people who did cool stuff ah you're the queen of cool oh that's badass that's Ooh, badass. all right all right okay keep, keep that keep that oh you know <laughs> let's let's answer this one what are your realistic predictions for how the next 10 years or so is going to go in america politically speaking 
let's let's bum everyone out just like yeah. slightly. Okay, I will say that the one thing I have been consistently correct about is that I'm always wrong, and so is everyone else. Like, I keep thinking I know how shit's gonna go, mm-hmm. and it's usually not how shit's gonna go. So, with that in mind, I think that we are in a lot of trouble. I think that we probably won't have a outright civil war in the next 10 years. Yeah. I think that the problem, the two nested problems that we're facing, uh, well, there's so many other problems too, but two of the big problems we're facing in the U.S. right now, one is rising fascism and one is uh, climate change, right? Yeah. And I think that the rising fascism problem is not solved, but I think it's on its back leg and I don't think it's like specifically what's going to cause the most immediate problems to the most immediate people in the very near future. I could be wrong. I think that by 10 years from now, the conversations about climate change will have fundamentally changed the way that our world works and looks. I think that we are exiting the period where people can have their heads in the sand. And I think that that will trigger a wave of fascism that will cause major problems. And I think that we'll have two major camps about how we deal with climate change. And one is the I've got mine, fuck you camp, which I'm going to call the Nazis. And one Mm -hmm. is the we need to figure out how to deal with this together camp, which I will call the not Nazis. Great nickname. And I think that that will start becoming very true about 10 years from now. That's my personal guess. Sophie, what do you got? I think if we the left doesn't stop infighting, we're fucked. I think yes, the left, that is if, if leftists true. don't stop fucking infighting, we're absolutely yeah. fucked. I think that the, not that it is the most important thing, but I think that the 20, 2024 election, whoever wins that will probably, uh, not that I align with either the Democrats or the, well, definitely don't align with the Republican Party, but a lot of the the Democratic Party also, whoever wins that will will keep power for a really long time. That's, yeah, that that's makes nice. sense. I, I feel like uh, we've had a lot of eight years, eight years, eight years, eight years, like passing it back and forth. And I think that yeah. that uh, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen moving forward. There was a, a tweet several years ago, a New Year's Eve tweet, so it's appropriate, um, by my friend MC Soul, who's a musician and a podcaster. And it basically was like, my New Year's resolution is to de-escalate all conflict that isn't with the far right. And that's uh, the energy I think that we need to go into this with is that like at a certain level, I think of like, if I don't think someone's going to be trying to shoot me for being trans five years from now, I want to figure out how to make peace with them. And I say that as someone who's like, I can be as guilty as anyone else of some of this stuff. But overall, yeah, uh, deescalate conflict that isn't with the enemy, you know? Yeah. Which doesn't mean that conflict doesn't happen, but we get so confused and like think that like, you know, we're so angry and then the person next to us is like fucked up. So we're really fucking mad at them. But like, I don't know, we're all fucked up. Yeah. Except me and Sophie. Yeah. And Anderson and Rintra. Yeah. And Anderson and Rintra. How is Rintra? Can we get a, can we get a Rintra update? Rintra is doing really well. Rintra is a barely a puppy anymore. And as much as puppies are cute. 
The amount uh, he's grown since when we started this podcast blows my mind. I know. He's I know. So perfect. Oh, I know. He's so him. great. Um, he still can't handle cars going by because he's a holler dog. That's fair. <laughs> I'm a human. I can't handle cars going by. Yeah. It's very stimulating, you know? Yeah. In theme of dog, should I answer some Anderson stuff? Yeah. Um, people would like an update on Anderson. Um, I'll have a better update on Anderson because uh, those of you who've been following, she like she had knee surgery last year. She tore her ACL running on wet grass and getting her leg caught in a divot and had to have surgery and did physical therapy. I think she's doing fucking awesome. I think she's uh, she's she's fully recovered. We have an appointment in a couple weeks to to confirm that, but she's extremely happy. Her favorite toy right now, my friend, my friend Beth Ann got Anderson for the holidays, got her this like, it's like a, like a thing of donuts, but it's all squeaky toys. And so they come in a bunch of different, (laughs) they're like a bunch of different colors and they really do. They're like very realistic looking like donuts. And it's like the perfect size for her to like throw around and like fit in her, her mouth. And so there's just like donuts all over my house. And (laughs) I, I love that. So Margaret, what is the origin of your magpie nickname? Sometimes I answer by saying it's because I always found shiny objects and brought them home, but it's also because I was a thief. Uh, (laughs) I stole a lot of stuff when I was like 19, 20. Yeah, actually, I picked the name Margaret by reverse. I I started going by Magpie a long time ago because um, I was a forest defender and all of us forest defenders had names after various animals and plants and all that yeah. stuff. And so I picked magpie or someone else, I think actually named me magpie because I would um, find rusty objects and bring them home, like find little things on the ground. And then also I kept shoplifting. That's how I got magpie. And then from there, I met someone named magpie and I was like, Should I say? okay, I'll tell a story. I very rarely tell stories about anything like vaguely romantic. But when I was young, much younger, I was off to go steal photocopiers from a college for some anti-war flyer. And this person comes up and goes, hi, what's your name? And I'm like, I'm Magpie. And she looks at me funny and she goes, that's my name. And I was like, is that why you came up to talk to me? And she said, no, I just thought you were cute. And her name was Margaret. And that's how I learned that Magpie was short for Margaret. And I was in the market for a girl's name. So I ended up Margaret. That's That's the origin of my name. I and then I got that. Killjoy because I um, was kind of a buzzkill for a while. Mm. <laughs> it's just funny because now I'm a professional optimist, sort of. <laughs> Somebody, somebody's asking, Margaret, if you're mm-hmm. stranded on a desert island, your top three or five books you would bring. Okay. I would want The Lord of the Rings. I'm going to cheat and have whole trilogies here. That's I fair. want The Lord of the Rings. I want the Mars Trilogy by Kim Stanley Robinson because I've never finished it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're like, you're like, I think I want this. <laughs> well, no, it's really good, but it's so long. And so I get distracted. I'm kind of ADHD. And it's, it's three very long books with lots of names. And then I get halfway through the second book. And then I put it down for some reason for like some, not because I'm bored, but because something else comes up in my life and I don't have time to read. And then I pick it back up and I'm like, I have no idea where I was. And so I have to start over. Incredible. And so I've done that twice. Um, It's a very influential book on a lot of how I think. The first book and a half of it, which I've read twice. Okay. (laughs) So I would take those books and then I would take Where There Is No Doctor. 
because I'm on a desert island. And then, I don't know if this book exists, but I'm sure it does. I would take How to Survive on a Desert Island. And then I would take How to Build a Seafaring Raft from Coconuts. Those are the books I would pick. That's cool. What do you got? I I would I you would, take Sophie's I would, choice. Is I would it a take book? Sophie's choice. The only book I would is take it a book? is uh is it is a book. It is a book, <laughs> okay. and it's also a movie. Okay. The only book I would take is a book that's um available for pre order in uh uh, uh a February <gasps> by one Margaret Kiljoy called <laughs> Escape from Incel Island. Where can people pre order that, Margaret? Oh, they can get it at tangledwilderness.org. Oh, well, it is about great. escaping from an island, so that actually is pretty appropriate. It does perfectly fit, and that yeah. is the only book I would take. Fuck your three, fuck your five. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that people can order, it's time for capitalism. Goods and services. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Uh, Dennis asks, why do you have a girl's name but a man's voice? Oh my God. Dennis, (laughs) You know, listen, I read the Dennis asks, but didn't read the second part of it. Mind you, Margaret asked me, to, Margaret highlighted this as a question that she wanted me to put, to ask. I only read the Dennis asks part, um, but apparently you want to answer this one? Go off. Well, when I was a young child, I ran away from home and I met a powerful sorcerer who raised me in the forest. He was mighty in magic, but frail of body. And he had me do his evil bidding until one day when I grew stronger than him. I wrestled him to the ground. I reached into his throat and I pulled forth his mighty voice. And the woods became mine to command. (laughs) That's why I have a man's voice. I stole it from a man. Uh, 
I think that's beautiful. Also, I only read Dennis Asks. <laughs> also, Dennis... <laughs> I, set, I set Sophie up for that. Dennis, what the fuck? I have literally no idea whether that was an earnest, I've, I've never heard of a trans person question, or whether it was a troll question. It could be 50-50. I, I don't know. Hence why I said, what the fuck, and not fuck yeah. you. Yeah, if it was an uh, earnest question, <laughs> I'm a trans woman. If it wasn't an earnest question, then fuck you. Then <laughs> fuck you. Uh, okay, uh, somebody wants to know how we met, and I really like your answer. <laughs> okay, let me... Uh, capsized boat. Sophie was hanging out on a door with this loser, and I was like, hey, ditch this loser and let me on. And Sophie was like, yeah, all right. That's and exactly so, what happened. Loser got ditched. I got on the door. That we met. It was a yeah, 1930... You, you, fill, 19... you fill in the fucking blanks there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is such a funny question. Have either of you considered attaining godhood, and what would your spheres of influence be? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go first? No, you answered. I have to think of mine. Okay. I would... I would my sphere of influence, all paladins who think they're rogues, would, would uh, worship me. That would be my, my sphere like of influence. I don't have a good, good answer to this. Uh, Podcasters. No. Oh Podcasters my God, Margaret posted, your the name. Fun, Margaret posted the funniest uh, Insta story slash tweet the other day where she was like, uh, I had this horrible nightmare that somebody asked me what I did for a living and I had to say podcasting. And like, that's a, reg- <laughs> that's a regular like jump scare for me. <laughs> so... Yeah, especially especially uh, like anything to do with family because I'm the younger of two siblings and my older siblings like trying to literally cure cancer. He's an oncologist, nice. uh-huh. and then they're like, "And what about you?" And I was like, "This is a podcast. It's a podcast. Horrible." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I it's funny because I shouldn't be. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I really like. I I wasn't like, hey, hey, this is the hot new thing. I'm like, I really like podcasts and I've been running podcasts for a while, you know. It's okay. Same but, with same same with Jamie, Jamie Loftus hates when people put podcaster first in her list of accolades. Yeah. So it's 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 a universal thing. Yeah. Okay. Next Yeah, I had question. a conversation with Jamie about it once where it was just like Jamie's like, I'm a comedian. And I'm like, yeah, and I, I write books. I write fiction. Oh, this is such a funny question, and your answer okay. is so surprising to me, but also very funny. Is okay. there any media you enjoy consuming that can be a little problematic? <laughs> uh, okay, where, where's where's the highlight? Last page. Oh. <laughs> so Damn it, now I have to actually answer it. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> if you didn't actually put an answer in this, I wouldn't have asked this question. No, I know, I know. Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> hilarious just, it's propaganda is it because chelsea peretti is like the funniest person on earth i i feel like brooklyn 99 like managed to figure out how to like whenever people are like oh woke people aren't funny and i'm like have you ever seen someone try uh, like i don't know there's just the jokes in it are actually funny where the thing that they're making fun of is the non-wokeness they're making fun of re- regressive ideas but but actually humor. Like, they're actually just... Yeah. You know, it's all the stuff people are like, oh, you can't make jokes anymore. And I'm like, these people managed to make a ton of jokes about all of the stuff that we're, like, supposedly not able to touch. And they do so, generally speaking, with grace, with the exception of the fact that they're all police officers. That's and I fair. feel like in later seasons, they a little bit tried to wrestle where the characters are like, are we the baddies? 
you know? But they don't yeah. quite realize they're the baddies. And so that's my that's my problematic fave. What's your problematic yeah. fave? Uh, our problematic fave is making uh, my friends watch reality TV shows from like the early 2000s. Hell yeah. I, I, I love to make a friend watch uh, problematic Laguna Beach. <laughs> where, okay. Where, where you just like see how uh, like entitled uh, teenagers <laughs> reacted in the early 2000s and are like, oh my God. And it's just like the, oh, but it's so enjoyable. And then, I, and then part two would be uh, anything that's like Game of Thrones adjacent, because yeah, I guess that would be another one for me. Is Game of Thrones the movie, the show that I stopped watching? Like every single time there's a rape scene that isn't in the books, I put down this show for like a year, and then I come mm-hmm. back because it's high budget things with swords and yeah, there's dragons. swords, there's swords and dragons, and just kind of. Oh, this Can't is like the worst it. question I've seen. Who is the coolest person of all time? I don't even know how to answer that. You, dear listener. Yeah, I was going to say the collective you. Yeah. How do we get you and other accolades of Sophie? Oh, I'm now I'm speaking in third person. To the center of the country for book events. I feel like you you have stuff coming up, no? I I did a tour last summer, but I I the only middle part I did was across the middle, uh, bottom, across the bottom of the middle, like Texas mm. and... Arizona and all of that. I tour by driving, and most months of the year, the center of the country are not incredibly conducive to that. Yeah. So it limits the the time. But at some point, I like touring, um, and then I will convince Sophie and other people to come join me at something. Yeah, Robert know. and I are probably going to do uh, uh, in-person touring stuff this year, if not next year. Um People if get real salty if you only go to New York City, LA, and San Francisco. But also, sometimes you do, uh, I don't know, I've definitely played a show in Manhattan, Kansas for the bartender, you know? Yeah. I don't hate yeah. that I went to Manhattan, Kansas. I hope the bartender liked the show. I'm sure they did. Um, How did you both get your dogs and have our dogs met? Ooh, they should, should have. They should I have know. met, but they didn't meet, mostly because Anderson, like, I'm being super cautious with her injury and uh, haven't been introducing her to new dogs um, or, like, taking her to, like, a lot of public places while she recovers. Because um, in the first year after hurting, they're, like, 50% likely to do the other leg, which is no thank you. Yeah. But, yeah, how did you get Rinchaw? How did, how did, how did you, uh, how did Rinchaw become, become yours? I was living in a cabin in the mountains in North Carolina uh, alone during the pandemic. I was not incredibly happy about many of the parts of this preceding sentence. And my neighbor uh, on literally the other side of the mountain, when you talk about Appalachians, it's not like what, what the West Coast people think of mountains. On the other side of the hill from where I lived, my friend rescued um, eight or so puppies that were running away mm-hmm. with their mom and were all like sick and dying and basically started nursing them back to health and fostering and let me know. And I came over and there's this photo of me. Rintraw is like five weeks old uh, and he's like sitting in my skirt and I was just like ugly crying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I hadn't experienced joy in like two years, you know? And and there were two in the litter that looked really similar. Rindra had a little white spot on his forehead. 
And one of the people who rescued the dogs was like, I'm thinking about taking one of these two. And I was like, this one is mine, <laughs> which is like <laughs> not my place to, you know, like I didn't do any of the work, you know. <laughs> but beautiful. But Rintra's uh, litter mates had, had died from um, uh, neglect and yeah. were all sick. And, uh, and so mom had run away and he would have been destined to be a bear hunting dog, which is like, I, I actually think working dogs can have great lives. Lives. I'm not specifically anti that, but he wouldn't have had a, a good life as a bear hunting dog where where he was destined to be sold if he had survived, which he probably wouldn't have because I really liked him because he was the uh, calmest of <laughs> all yeah. the dogs. I'm a very low energy person and he was the calmest by far. It's because he was sick as hell. He was so sick. And then we got him like dewormed and, and all of that stuff and he just like has so much energy. So I get, I get really excited about this. I just like, really love Rintra a lot. But basically my friend was like, you you don't get the dog that you want. You get the dog that you need. And so I have yeah. a a monster full of energy in my house who's part boy. Yeah, I was gonna say Rintra's not I was gonna say Rintra calm. Honey. Rintra will outrun the sun. Uh Rintra chases planes that are five yes, miles in the sky or whatever. Um he's, he's one he's, he's perfect. How'd you end up with Anderson? So uh, before, I've had Anderson for like six or seven years. Uh, she, uh, my parents, uh, before, their, before their business failed during the pandemic, sold office furniture as like a husband and wife duo selling office furniture my entire life. And they had an office that was down the street from this uh, adoption rescue place. And they went in randomly because they saw a dog that looked similar to their dog. And then uh, they went in. And they sent me a photo of Anderson. Um, and I left work in the middle of the day. <laughs> I was like, I was like, fuck you guys. I gotta go get this dog. <laughs> and and uh, I went in. She put her paws on me and went, hi. And I was like, mine, mine. Yep. She was like, she was like yep. severely mal. She was found in the streets. She was severely malnourished, covered in ticks. And um it was at a point in my life where it's like, ah, God, I needed her. I needed yeah. her. Yeah. I was like fully still dealing with like PTSD and had just had like my heart stomped on. And then Anderson came through and was like, I shall save you. And um, she's the best dog ever. And uh, yeah. yeah, literally one photo. I was like, fuck this. I'm out. I'm going to go get this dog. I went, adopted her, went back to work. My mom took her to the vet. We're like, she's covered in, she's covered in ticks. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's going to be good. <laughs> we'll, we'll fix it. Came, went back to work, left work, came home. And I was like, this is my, this is mine. And, uh, no regrets. She's the shit. I will say. I'm very lucky. I was raised right. I grew up with rescue animals. Like all of our pets yeah. were rescues. And like that is, um, there's not very many things I'll just be like, this is what I believe and you all should do. But like rescue animals, that's, those are the, those are the animals that need it. Yeah. 100%. Anderson was like, was like found on the streets, was uh, so like you could see her ribs. She was so yeah. tiny. Yeah. And um, was super close to getting on the freeway in California. Yeah. She was available for adoption for less than two hours. And I was like, <laughs> ha, 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 that's my girl. <laughs> Let's yeah. go. Cool. Nobody touch her. Um, <laughs> Let's do uh, Let's do two more. Okay. Uh, you pick Let's do one a serious one. Then, one. All right, you do one and then I'll, and I'll do one. 
Okay, so one person asked, I mostly didn't write down the names of the people who asked, except Dennis. Sorry, Dennis. Picking on you today. <laughs> so, what, if anything, have you all learned about moving people politically? What approaches are helpful in encouraging people to become less fashy? And one of the reasons I was really excited to work with um, Cool Zone Media is that I really appreciate the work that I see y'all have done to be outward facing and specifically like not aim things at people who are already the super cool radicals or whatever, but instead just talk about these ideas to a broad audience and be open to open to admitting which parts seem silly as hell, like open to admitting the like weaknesses and different radical ideas. I don't know. I was like really inspired by that. And actually that was how I first started uh, really talking to Robert was about that um, and how I, I thought that Robert and you all and you did a really good job of doing that with the stuff that you put out. So I think that's a big part of it. I think that what I've learned about moving people politically is that preaching to the choir is boring. Uh, there's some adv- there's some beauty in creating a culture that we all get to participate in and stuff like that. It's cool. Like inside culture stuff is great, but it doesn't change anything, right? And what I found far more useful is that when I stopped being an anarchist in anarchist spaces and I started being an anarchist in non-anarchist spaces, like not anti-anarchist spaces, but just like basically when I started hanging out with nerds, like more so again, and I started going to science fiction conventions and things like that because it, it wasn't about I'm going to go out there and proselytize and, and convince people of these ideas, but instead actually having a free exchange of ideas, being like open about what you believe without trying to convince people of what you believe that's what's been the most useful for me. It really helps that for me, my goal is not a thing where I need people to like subscribe to my newsletter and like pay me money or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But instead, my goal is to be around for the development of free thinking individuals so that we can collectively decide what to do, right? Because I'm not offering answers. I'm offering ideas about how we can collectively develop ideas, uh, develop answers. And so... Yeah, and then just like be willing to like admit which parts of your ideology are like kind of weird or like the, for me, I mean, not everyone, whatever, like I'm an anarchist and I have to admit that there's like times when historical anarchists like did all kinds of awful things or whatever, right? And then there's also parts of it that like are contradictions and I'm like, I don't know how to answer that and I don't have all the answers and I don't want to have all the answers and I don't need to have all the answers. So it's less about like, and then in terms of making people more less fashy, you know, it's hard for me, right? Because in a lot of ways, I'm like, well, if someone just hates trans people, it's just not going to work. We're not getting anywhere. They're not going to talk to me, you know? Um, but in general, I find that a lot of people, I mean, actually, okay, with my other podcast, Live Like the World is Dying, one of my favorite types of listener mail I get is people who are like, I was a center, maybe even center-right prepper because I was interested in preparedness and all of the media that is, was available for that was right-wing. And so I really appreciate your show. Not because they've suddenly become leftists, but because they stopped becoming more fashy. At least it reversed that trend. That's what, that's what I've got. But you've been kind of doing some of this stuff for a long time too, Sophie. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, tankies, turfs, fucking Nazis all suck. Yeah. But in terms of, like, those, it, it, you would be so surprised how easy it is to find some si- sort of, like, like, gateway topic with you know specific specifically like with with people that you you know um like because like arguing with, with the fucking terps on the internet is yeah 
like you're really not going to get anywhere. But, you know, speaking from somebody who, you know, grew up in a you know, with a centrist mother and a Republican father who are now <laughs> have been convinced to go a lot lefter. Yeah. Um, cool. Shout out. Shout out uh, Sophie's parents. Shout out my parents. Uh, but and then just having us just a such a wide ranging uh Politically, like my extended family is all over the place in terms of politics. Um, you can you can find something that you know is something that both of you can agree on, and then you you just start expanding from that. Yeah. And if you see that they're not listening, don't say it louder. Because if they're not <laughs> if they're not open if they're not open to hearing what you're saying, if you say it louder. They're just going to put their earplugs in deeper. Like, it's just not, it's not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um. But like you said, in terms of like, you know, you found a lot, like with prepping and right-wing preppers, you, you had that in common. Yeah. And you're able to expand on that and to go into certain principles of, of, of what, <laughs> what you think matters and what they think matters and how to expand on that. And, and, and I think that. Community and and mutual aid brings a lot of people together. Um, yeah, I remember we had uh, the amazing Kim Kelly on It yeah, Could Happen yeah, Here, cool. talking about a a story that she was working on in terms of of uh, a union strike and how it was like she had politically nothing in common with the wives of workers, but they were getting along so well because they all had the same the same goal. Of of getting of getting equality and 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 better better pay and rights and things like that and I think when it comes down to it, if people can see beyond the well, ah, sorry, that was my that was my uh, screaming into the void personal <laughs> internet side of things, and you actually talk to people, yeah, you can find common ground and expand on that. And I think that, uh, you know, share sharing articles and sharing. Uh, podcasts and things like that are you, you they, they might not read it and they might not yeah. listen and things like that um I've definitely had that in terms of uh, family members um but if you if you <laughs> I think a lot of people need to give more people a chance honestly yeah I think I think yeah yeah don't yeah, start don't, by writing people off don't start by writing people off and just know that you might you're you're going to get your feelings hurt, and you're going it's going to be hard, and it's not an easy process. But if you yeah. love somebody and you, and you use you, you, and it's not you know, <sighs> yeah. well, it it ties into what you're talking about earlier about infighting because I think about like mm-hmm. we um don't where uh, politics is polarizing right right now very intensely. The center cannot hold and is not holding. Uh, that was my attempt at a, not even Shelley <laughs> reference. I can't even remember who wrote the Slouch Bethlehem. <laughs> Why did I even bring it I up? I don't know. I don't know. Turning, turning, and a widening gyre. Widening gyre, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. Anyway, that's my weird 19th century reference, a poetry reference. Okay, so we're asking people to pick a side in a lot of ways right now because conflict is brewing, right? You have to let people pick your side if you're asking people to pick a side. Which yeah. means that they didn't start off on your side. And so instead we have this attitude of like, well, you ever believed this, 
So you're cast out forever from the Garden of Eden. Sorry, I mean cool radicalism. Yeah. You know, and so you're like, okay, so you're just literally making Nazis. That's what you're doing. If you're telling people that they can't join anti-Nazi side and there's no middle left, they're joining Nazis. That's what's available to them. And so it's a bad idea. (laughs) It's ethics aside, it's a bad idea to say, I want you to pick a side. Okay, but you didn't pick mine perfectly enough or you didn't go back in time and pick it ahead of time. It just annoys me. Yeah. You were quoting uh, the poem, The Second Coming. And I Yates. Think, and that's it's what, Yates. Yates. Yeah, it's William, it's William Butler Yates. Thanks. And uh, yeah. Mere anarchy I, I guess, is loosed upon the world, but not in a good yeah. way in that version. Yeah. Uh, I think that's where we'll leave it. For, All right. For, but, you know, we, we said we got so many really good questions that we would do this again at some point. Wait, uh, we're going to do one last one. Oh, you have one last one? Okay, give it to me. Sophie, do you like ska? Uh, no, because it makes Robert, because Robert likes Scott. And so if I like Scott, that would make him happy. And I must, I must, I must not like things that Robert likes to make him suffer. That's fair. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. All right. What we got? <laughs> so that was your last question. Mm-hmm. You're like, I really need to know. Yeah. Um, it was a, that question. was a genuine listener asked question. I just wanted to get that one in there. <laughs> That's so funny. No, I have no issues. I have no issues with Scott. It's not my, it's not my favorite, but I don't, I don't dislike Scott. And so we'll be back. We'll be back next week with your regularly scheduled twice cool a week. People cool people who did, who did cool, cool stuff. stuff. Yep. Somebody asked us, somebody asked us like what we, what our nickname for our listener base is. And I don't want to answer it, but I want to think about it. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a good but answer. We should, we should think about it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Bye. Bye everyone. Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is Raquel Willis from Clear Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. 
Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.